Hello and welcome to the Impact Alumni Podcast. My name is Paul Clifford and I'm your host. We have a great show lined up today. We're going to be talking to Christina Wright. She's the Assistant Director of Alumni Programs at the University of Iowa Alumni Association, where she's responsible for constituent relations, alumni clubs, reunions, diversity outreach, just to name a few of the plethora of things that she's responsible for. And she's with us on the podcast today. Welcome, Christina. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, it's our, our pleasure. I, I'm looking forward to discussing this topic with you as it's, you know, it, it's a topic that's pertinent to uh, all alumni programming, whether it's a big program, small program. And today we're going to be talking about how to infuse diversity into our alumni relations program, not only to uh, broaden the appeal to our alumni audience, but for some things that you'll point out that'll be beneficial to the institution and to the alumni association. And so I guess I'll, I'll start with that question. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about alumni diversity and what it means to institutional and organizational success? Well, you know, I don't think I'm approaching any uh, new topic that anyone hasn't heard before, but uh, I think it's a topic that is, you know, a big buzzword. Diversity is a big buzzword, especially um, among, amongst advancement professionals and certainly on campus as well. Um, but I think it's also integral to the success of an alumni association to really understand the demographic statistics that are going on um, regionally, but more specifically at their university. Because if we're not preparing to serve these diverse students now or diverse populations now, in 20 years when they're donors, when they're alumni club leaders, et cetera, et cetera, they're not going to be engaged. Um, and yeah. when you're talking about diversity, Christina, you're talking more than just uh, racial diversity like we might commonly think about it. You know, I think that is um, a, a common mistake, certainly, is people automatically think of race and ethnicity. But it can be age, sexual orientation, or gender. Um, if you think of, you know, many engineering programs, females are considered minority students in those programs. And um, many mostly women or mostly men colleges or universities they have to deal with the opposite sex being a minority as well. And then, of course, you know, religion and all of those others that are covered. But, yes, certainly not limiting it to race and ethnicity, although it seems that that one component of diversity often rises to the top of everyone's list when they're talking about diversity, certainly. You know, Christina, as I meet with alumni and talk to alumni, especially those from, from well, let, let me just use the term, I guess, underrepresented backgrounds, you know, a lot of times... Uh, I get the, I hear from them that they felt like they were isolated on campus as a student. Um, and they, they feel that way somewhat as, as alumni. What are some things that you're doing at the University of Iowa that we might be able to implement in our programs on engaging alumni who may have these kind of feelings? You bet. Um, and you're most certainly right. If an individual felt isolated on campus as a student, they will most likely continue to feel that way as an alumnus. And if you want to expand your program, you need to engage um, underrepresented alumni groups. Um, when I first arrived at campus, um, I saw that there was, as far as the alumni office goes, there was a lot of potential. There wasn't a lot of programming going on, and it certainly wasn't strategic in any form. Um, fortunately, I had the backing of supervisors and people I worked with to expand that. Um, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk today is because what I'm doing and what our office is doing is not brown, groundbreaking. Um, I certainly wouldn't be able to present this at a case conference or apply for, um, a, you know, a, a, you know a, a gold excellent award or whatever sure. at a case conference. Um, 
But I think it's really good to listen to other institutions who, you know, don't have award-winning programs but are kind of starting from the, you know, from the bottom and moving up. And so, of course, anything I'm talking about today is um, not going to be revolutionary, but I think there's a way to, to start. Um, the first thing was I just went out and visited with alumni. I visited with lots of alumni, and I, I, I really learned soon that there was this um, bone of contention, I guess, with the older, underrepresented groups as opposed to the younger alumni. Um, Iowa is a very white state. Um, there are not a lot of minorities in Iowa comparative to other states. Of course, that's increasing now. But also that's you know, always an issue with our campus in general. In the 50s and 60s, our alumni um, had a much, much different experience than current students today. I'm not saying underrepresented students today have um, the same experience as perhaps a white student does, but it's certainly different than it was in the 50s and 60s. And what I was learning with visiting with those alumni is they had very different thoughts and feelings than the new, the recent grads did. However, they believed that everyone thought what they thought. And then the young alumni now could not identify with the older alumni at all because they didn't have protest, they don't have protests on campus. But, you know, the campus is certainly much more integrated. And so one of the things we've recently done is we just had a diversity roundtable discussion. We called it Discussions of Color. We asked alumni to come in. We connected them with minority students. And I guess you could say we, um, we just kind of put the elephant in the room, per se, and took it right out because we went straight into the topic of, you know, what does it mean to be Latino on campus? How does a black student feel? And the students could talk about their feelings and then they could hear anecdotes from the alumni, um, which, you know, were much more drastic um, experiences than the students experience now. And they could just talk about it. And they could talk, uh, the alumni would be able to give suggestions for, this is how I went through a campus that did not look like me. Um, this is how I went out and got a job when everyone who was interviewing me or recruiting me did not look like me. And so I really think it not only helped students, it comforted students, and gave them really practical advice. But they also told the alumni um, how things have changed on campus, and they were able to do it with authenticity in a much different way than if I were talking to these alumni and trying to convince them of what it's like on campus. And so I think it's going straight to the two, to the groups and connecting them with each other and just pointing out the issue and digging right into it. Yeah, it sounds like uh, you went right to the grassroots. You know, it seems to me like diversity started off, uh, you know, in terms of how we talk about it on college campuses. I guess first it was a, it was a dream, and then it was a buzzword, and now it's uh, slowly becoming uh, a value of the institution. It's kind of the evolution of the concept of diversity. And you, you talked about how you started at the grassroots to find influential and engaged alumni to help you, you know, with some of the legwork and 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 making that change at the University of Iowa. And I think something important that you said that's, that's key to point out is you didn't, you didn't lump your alumni experience uh, all into one bucket. I, I mean, you're, you're approaching it that your alumni, you're acknowledging that your alumni have different experiences based on the generation uh, in which they attended your campus. And so uh, the 
some of the issues of some of the diversity issues that your alumni experienced during the 50s are certainly different uh than some of the diversity issues that they experienced in the 90s and now and uh and now today uh in now 2010 yes and when i was you know doing some um, more research and getting numbers for this and everything for this podcast today i came upon the upon this great quote by john pulley it was in a case article and it said, we tend to go towards shared values, not shared DNA. And I think that's important to remember with your alumni, whether they're, they're shared uh, just because they ha- their skin color is the same or their sexual orientation is the same doesn't mean that they're going to get along and doesn't mean that they have the same beliefs or the same values. But those alumni that were participated in the African American Cultural Center or maybe the Gospel Choir or whatever student organization um, on campus back then, they probably have something in common now. And so go after that commonality instead of the color of their skin or, again, their age or their sexual orientation. So when we started the podcast off, admittedly you said um, that you may not be doing anything that's earth-shaking at the University of Iowa. So let's give some of our listeners some some little nuggets that they might be able to take away from the podcast. What are some examples of creative, creative campus collaborations beyond some of the obvious choices that we might already be doing or thinking about? You bet. Um Coming in and um, saying, I want to do all this diversity um, programming and activities, and by the way, it's in a floundering economy, and people are getting laid off and budgets are being cut. Asking for a large budget to do that probably wasn't going to happen. And so I did some digging around on campus, and where is the money going for diversity programming on campus? Because it's certainly a priority for the university, so I know there has to be money somewhere. And after visiting with different people on campus, of course, I found out it's the provost's office or um, an assistant assistant to the president that works in the provost's office. And she had a lot of the purse strings, was very generous with it. And so I tracked where the money was going, and it turns out that there was a significant push on campus and priorities in the Office of Student Life to celebrate and have anniversaries for the different cultural centers on campus. Latino and Native American, African American, GLBT, um, Asian and Pacific Islanders. And they were going to be having these cultural center celebrations for students on campus and everything. And so, well, if they're celebrating and they already have a budget and they're going to be doing all this PR, let's incorporate incorporate alumni in there. And it was just very easy, but the Office of Student Life was um, really welcoming to partner on that. And then, of course, for of the more obvious, you know, Office of Student Life, as I just said, the Provost Office, the Center for Diversity, admissions, if you're not partnering with admissions right now and incorporating them in a lot of different things, you need to. Our Career Center on campus, they do special efforts for minority student recruitment, you know, for seniors that are graduating and going to get jobs. And so that only makes sense that they are connected to successful alumni that might be of underrepresented populations that have great jobs and are, you know, really successful alumni that would be great to bring back to campus and to showcase those alumni. And so I think you have to dig around in those areas. Some of our colleges on campus do really great things with minority student recruitment, outreach, and, you know, some of them have just have historically numbers of underrepresented populations. So go to those colleges and see if there's any way to partner on something. Um, 
if your college of medicine is having a minority medical reunion, it only makes sense that you should help promote that to your alumni as well. If you're sending out um, communications, you might as well promote that because our alumni don't know the difference between the alumni association activities or the college of medicine activities. But as far as if you're being strategic about the communications and just pushing that out in front of the alumni, regardless of who is creating or in charge of the event and not worrying about um, taking credit for it. Put it out there in front of the alumni just to get them back to campus and help make the connection. Um, lots of lots of departments on campus have really great faculty who are still connected with their alumni. Who are those faculty that are receiving awards from professional organizations that recognize um, minority student recruitment and mentoring? Go to those alumni. We have a math professor that has won tons of awards for mentoring Latino alumni, Latino students and now alumni. Go to him and ask him, would you please give me some name, names of alumni that I can contact to see if they would be on board when I am reorganizing my Latino and Native American Alumni Alliance Council. Those are, those are some really good ideas. You're listening to the Impact Alumni Podcast, and we're talking with Christina Wright of the University of Iowa Alumni Association. So, Christina, there are people out there who are thinking, all right, great, we're going to, we're going to take the bull by the horns we're going to infuse diversity throughout all of our programs in the alumni association which i think is a is a great concept as opposed to uh, you know a lot of alumni associations will have diversity programs um, as opposed to infusing diversity into all of their programs. So I think what you guys are doing at the University of Iowa um, is certainly in the right direction. But there's people out there listening to the podcast right now, you know, wondering, okay, so what's in it for their organization? A little selfishly, and sometimes we talk about that on the podcast, is uh, how can this program change how you're viewed on campus you know relevancy is a big topic that we talk about the relevancy of alumni programs and alumni associations how has this these programs helped uh, create or add to the legitimacy of the Iowa University of Iowa Alumni Association sure certainly well obviously simply including minority of color in your publications you know while important will not engage someone and it's Oh, it's sometimes crazy to me to think that organizations that think just including different colors of people in their magazine or whatever it may be, you know, their view book, that's not going to attract people to your university, and it's certainly not going to just keep them involved. You have to go beyond that. And if you want to expand your program, you will need to engage alumni of color or other diverse or underrepresented um, alumni. You know, the market um, for a the market for appeals to older white alumni will saturate. There are only so many of them. And if you're not taking into account that um, Latinos, that African Americans, that Asian and Pacific Islanders donate money in different ways to the university or to their church or other organizations, um, if you don't understand that, you will not engage them, whether engaging is donations to the university, or mentoring a student on campus. So you need to know how to speak to them. And if you want to involve greater race and ethnic diversity, you will need to expand your programming opportunities for this constituent group. Um, you know, approximately one in every eight people surveyed in the 2000 census identified them, themselves as being Hispanic or Latino. Um, by 2050, that's expected to be one in four, and I'm pretty sure those people are going to go to college and be your alumni, and they're going to have different background and values 
than the other students on campus that you typically um, involve or engage, and same thing with your alumni. They're going to be different, and it's not a one-size-fits-all. And so if, you're, if you take the one-size-fits-all approach, that is not going to appeal to your alumni, and they're going to find other outlets to give back, whether it's you know their church or some other philanthropic organization. Um, and so I can't. I don't think you can assume that just because you have your school mascot or maybe your tagline on your publications, that's not going to make them nostalgic and come back to campus. You're going to have to get more creative. Um, and again, just ignoring them. In turn, they'll they will ignore you. Absolutely, some some good advice. You know, another tidbit that I'd like to pass along to the listeners is, you know, one of the things that you may be able to do that you can do immediately after listening to this podcast is take an inventory, take a volunteer inventory um, that looks at the diversity, and I guess I'm talking about a diversity inventory of your volunteers, and think about. Um, how diverse your, or evaluate how diverse your volunteer population is. And again, it's not just racial diversity, although that's a, that's an important component, but you also want to make sure that you have alumni volunteers that, um, that represent the spectrum of generations from your institution, that, uh, represent the geographic distribution of your alumni, that represent the various schools and colleges of your university to make sure that you are, um, engaging diverse a diverse array of volunteers i think by taking that inventory it's eye-opening to see where you're where you may be oversaturated in terms of representation and where you may be um, needing to focus your recruitment efforts in terms of uh, taking a look at least at the diversity of your your volunteer base and so that's just a tidbit that i'd like to pass along christina thank you for joining us if, if people want more information about what you're doing or maybe to to contact you offline how can they get in touch with you certainly um they can visit iowaalum.com, I-O-W-A-L-U-M.com. And, of course, anyone's available to um, email me at christina-wright at uiowa.edu. I think an excellent um, idea, if they're, needing, if they're needing ideas for diversity outreach programs or how to expand it, go and search the CASE website, see what submissions have been given for CASE awards, who's won, and then look at their programming. And, again, it might be overwhelming, but... You know, you, uh, what do they say? You can't, um, don't try to boil the ocean and yeah. just take a small piece of it and start from there. Um, but you have to start somewhere. And no matter where you are starting or how you are changing your programming, be authentic in whatever you do um, because your alumni will see through you if it's just a numbers game to you. Absolutely. Good advice, Christina. Some good stuff there. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Paul. Well, I hope you enjoyed the interview with Christina Wright from the University of Iowa Alumni Association. If you enjoyed it, if you liked it, if you hated it, send us feedback to the show. Visit our website at alumnipodcast.com, and you can leave comments there. You can send me an email at paul.clifford at alumnipodcast.com. You can also... See other episodes of the of the podcast there, um, and obviously you can subscribe to the Impact Alumni Podcast on the iTunes Music Store, or again just visit the website at alumnipodcast.com. You can also follow the show or become a fan on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Get involved in the conversation on one of these social media sites. Send me a tweet at at Impact Alumni. Thanks for joining us today. I look forward to a future episode. And until then, good, better, best. Never, never rest until your good is better and your better is your best. 
So long, everybody. <laughs>